1: Happy Monday, IB Nation. How's everybody doing out there? It is a Monday, so of course we are getting into a little more Notre Dame recruiting talk on this Notre Dame recruiting hour. Ryan Roberts, Director of Recruiting here at um, IrishBreakdown.com, joined by recruiting analyst Sean Davis. You are with us every single Monday. Sean, how are we feeling, brother? Everything's good?
2: Great. Well, This weekend was a perfect storm of recruiting for Notre Dame.
1: Can't wait to get
2: into it. Everything that needed
1: to happen, happened. (laughs) We will get into that for sure. If you are joining us today, that is because we're going to talk about a few different topics. This is actually a a jam-filled packed show. If you're you're with us every single recruiting hour, every single week, you know that we're going to take you through some of the high school performances from this past week. Notre Dame commits and targets who are kind of dominating on the gridiron, but we're going to start you off a little differently today. Okay, we're going to start you off a little bit differently. We have some recruiting nuggets that we're going to talk about, Okay, including Justin Scott's recent visit to Ohio State, of course, talented 2024 defensive tackle yeah. out of the state of Illinois. We're also going to give you guys a little bit insight into the recent offer to Brandon Hillman, very talented athlete out of the state of Virginia, and a little Jeremiah Love talk to get everything kicked off here. And then, of course, at the end, mailbag. As always, we'll have the mailbag after we talk about a few of these college football games from this past weekend. So, we have a lot of things going for you guys today. If before we start here, as Craig D said on this comment, Sean, hit the like button, man. It's free. Hit that like Mm -hmm. button, hit the notification bell, subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening to us on one of your great podcast platforms, please, five star ratings are, of course, always appreciated. So, we're going to get into a little bit of this recruiting news, Sean, because there is there's some interesting stuff that's been happening, man. We thought that we kind of hit a little bit of a lull this time of year, right? Not much stuff will be happening. Well, we were very wrong. We were very yeah. wrong. So, of course, covering the Notre Dame side of recruiting is what we do here, but also covering what's going on with some of the targets in other places. So, Sean Davis, right before we got on, I was told that you got a little, little insight into – justin scott's recent visit to the ohio state even though it's not it's the ohio state but anyway we'll talk about that another time
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: So, Sean, I guess we'll, we'll kick the podcast off with this. Of course, we're talking about 6'5", 310-pound defensive tackle out of St. Ignatius in Illinois. So how did the uh, how did the trip go for Mr. Scott this past weekend?
2: Yeah, it was kind of a shock kept low-key. I had spoken to him when he faced Mark Carmel a couple of weeks ago, and he pretty much told me that his game day visits were going to be Wisconsin, Michigan, and Notre Dame with the November 5th matchup against Clemson being the target date for his visit to a game day for Notre Dame. And, you know, Ohio state just under the radar, just all of a sudden got a visit this weekend. So talk to him, the visit went well, definitely enjoyed himself. Uh, He said, Ohio state just, you know, talking things over. He thought it was worth the trip to go up there and see how things went. But, you know, with the truth, uh, the trio of programs that I thought would be in the running based upon his love for the Midwest. Uh, We had mentioned that it would be Wisconsin, Michigan, and Notre Dame. I believe that Ohio state eventually is going to place Wisconsin because of course, what has transpired over the weekend and with them having the coaching change, I think now it probably turns into a Michigan, Ohio state, Notre Dame race and Notre Dame still Because of the coaching staff, the familiarity coming from a Chicago Catholic League school, Notre Dame is very much in the mix. But anytime you have Larry Johnson, legendary defensive line coach, in the mix for a defensive line recruit, you're definitely going to have a battle on your hands. So November 5th is going to be humongous, enormous, whatever adjective you want to use when it comes to the recruitment of big time guys like Justin Scott. Notre Dame, hopefully they're going to run the table and come into that matchup with all guns blazing and put on a nice performance for all of the recruits that will be in the stands that night.
1: 100%. November 5th, of course, referring to the Clemson game, which is going to be the biggest recruiting weekend of the year for Notre Dame. I mean, guys – we are just starting to get a little bit of insight into all the people that plan on being there. I mean, you should expect most commits to be there, but I mean, just the the list that is going to be forming here pretty soon as far as the uncommitted players, the targets that Notre Dame is going after in the 2023, 2024, and even 2025 class. It's going to be yeah. outrageous to see the Clemson game. But, Sean, we have a couple weeks until then, and we actually have another big recruiting weekend that's going to be coming up in Stanford in a yeah. couple of weeks, right, October 15th, which – We just received word a couple days ago that Brandon Hillman, who is a star athlete out of the state of Virginia, he goes to Churchland High School in Portsmouth, Virginia. So Brian is very well. Brian had a lot of knowledge about Churchland when I talked about him. After Brandon got his offer, so Brandon Hillman, Sean, just got an offer last week, a few days ago, and very interesting player man so we want to spend a couple minutes here just kind of breaking down a little bit of what we've seen from Brandon where he potentially fits and what what why is this why is this the timing that we're seeing this offer kind of get extended to him right so for people that haven't watched him he is about six foot one six hundred six foot two and about 200 pounds he plays quarterback in high school Sean I mean he's is is about as much of a dual-threat quarterback as I'll ever say. I'd even almost call him a Wildcat quarterback, man. He is running the football. He's averaging over 10 yards a carry. Yeah. He was player of the year in his regent last year in the state of Virginia. Dynamic, dynamic athletes. And when you ask people around him, what positions can Brandon play? The The question is, what positions can Brandon not play? Like That would probably right. be an easier place to start, man. He plays quarterback. He also plays defensive back, which we'll kind of talk about here. He plays safety, plays a little underneath coverage. I think he could potentially play rover. He can play wide receiver, can play running back. Sean, this is a very interesting, very interesting kid because he's a late riser on the recruiting circuit, right? Since last few weeks, man, he's gotten offers from Tennessee and some other Mm -hmm. heavy hitters. I mean, I think he got his Tennessee offer right after Notre Dame. So coming into, I think during the summer, he was talking about it at that point. He only had one offer, and it was from Norfolk State. It was the only offer that he had to his to his credit. And since then, especially recently, his offer list is blowing oh, up right yeah. now. So, Sean, I mean, I guess a good place to start is with – and I'll let you kind of kick us off here. This is a pretty impressive athlete, man. There's a lot to like about this Brandon Hillman.
2: Let me tell you something. Watching his film after the offer, like you said – Notre Dame makes the offer, and all of a sudden you start seeing other big-time programs following suit. I'm more impressed with his defensive film than I am the offensive film. It's like, okay, you're big, you're fast, wildcat, you're running away from kids. Yes, that shows me that you're extremely athletic. You're, you're hurdling tacklers in, in the middle of the field. Absolutely astound, astounding. Then I go to the other side of the ball, and he is just crushing receivers coming over the middle and i'm like oh okay and i'm like okay they're recruiting this kid as just a tremendous athlete Mm -hmm. and wherever we find a spot that's where we make it work we'll make it work yeah kids like this we need him on the roster and it's great to see the staff this staff is becoming we're seeing this trend right where they offer kids and all of a sudden you see other big-time programs jump on them. Like, Notre Dame's becoming the school that, you know, the way you want to follow who Iowa recruits at offensive line. Yes. Or whatever other program recruits in this area. If they're recruiting a kid, or if Washington is recruiting a kid back in the day on the Jimmy Lake. Like, if Jimmy Lake's recruiting a kid in the defensive secondary. It's probably good. He's probably good. And I yeah. think Notre Dame as an evaluate, evaluation as a staff, their evaluation as a staff, has gotten to the point where other programs are kind of trusting, okay, Notre Dame's on this kid. Yep. This kid must be good. Let's look into him. So that's a good thing to know that other programs are kind of validating, you know, what we thought this staff was going to be able to do from evaluation and then recruiting.
1: Yep. And and I'll say this, Sean, since this, since September his offer list has really started to kind of explode a little bit, right? Like he's gotten offered from Virginia Tech, from Boston College in September. He got a Vanderbilt offer, Virginia, West Virginia, all in September. And then Notre Dame, of course, came September 28th, offered him. And then the very next day, Sean, he got an offer from Tennessee and Kentucky. So his offer list is expanding quickly. The really nice part that we'll talk about and for Gideon Rosa, who just put in the chat, have we talked about Jeremiah Love yet? We have not Gideon, but we're going to have a really smooth transition into Jeremiah in a second here, finishing up on Brandon Hillman. So, Sean, as soon as he was offered, I mean, almost instantaneously, only like a day after, they, they, set, they set up a visit to come to Notre Dame for the first time. He has an official visit set up yeah. for October 15th, which, again, is the Stanford game. And I know a lot of people are going to ask, what position is Notre Dame recruiting this guy at, right? Because we just highlighted that we think he could play a lot, right? We think we can play a lot of positions. Yeah. I For me, and this is why I kind of want to start this – start like the in-depth part of this conversation is, is that I don't think Notre Dame completely knows what position he'll end up playing, if I'm being honest, right? Like yeah. I think that they're very open to like, hey, I watch this kid's film and I'm with you, Sean. I'm like defensive stuff, man. I'm like, whoa, this kid's a rover all yeah. day. He'll yeah. probably play safety too, but yeah. like – Come play Rover, man. If you get big enough, maybe you can play Will Linebacker. Like, it's possible, right? But I think that Notre Dame is just like, we need that type of athlete. Like, we need that dude, right? And yeah. this is, you know, if he ends up playing wide receiver, cool. If he ends up playing running back, cool. If he ends up right. playing safety, cool. If he ends up playing Rover, cool. I'm go with it, man. Pop on this kid's film. I could care less that he's rated as a three-star prospect right now. Because look at the offer list that is expanding right now. Look at all the stuff he does for his team out there in the state of Virginia and watch the highlight film, man. Just watch it guys. If you go watch Brandon Hillman's highlight tape and you're not impressed afterwards, then you know we can have the conversation, right? But do not cast judgment on this young man before you have taken a look at the film. Please do not do it. Cause I'm telling you this kid's good. He's a really talented, talented athlete. Yeah. And no, I know the I know the question's being thrown out there, and it was a question that was on the message board. You sign up to the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com, by the way, if you would like. And you should. So, Sean, of course, the first thing that comes out is they offer this young man. And people are like, Is this a replacement for Jeremiah Love? And quickly the answer is, Sean, no, this is not a replacement for Jeremiah Love. <laughs> If Notre Dame lands Jeremiah Love, they will continue to recruit this Brandon Hillman kid because they want this athlete in the class. This is not a running back for Notre Dame. This is an athlete for Notre yeah. Dame. They yeah. want him point blank period in the class, even if they get Jeremiah Love, right? Could Brandon Hillman end up being a running back? Maybe. Could he end up not being running back? Also, maybe. We have no idea. All I know is he's a really talented athlete, and that's a perfect transition into where we're going here, right? Let's talk about Jeremiah Love. We reported a couple days ago that he will indeed be back on campus on the fifteenth of October for the Stanford game. same game that Brandon Hillman will be at, okay? I am here to tell you all, no matter who you listen to out in the Notre Dame beats from recruiting side of things, okay? There's been and even if it's not Notre Dame beat because there's a lot of beats that are trying to say that that Jeremiah love is. Texas A&M all, all the way and, and might be looking for payouts and NIL and all this type of stuff, right? There's a lot of talk that's going on out there right now, Sean. All I'm going to say here is that me, me, Sean, and the rest of Irish Breakdown have been very consistent that we feel good about where Notre Dame is with Jeremiah Love, okay? We expect this one to finish up pretty soon in the near future, okay? Yeah. But all I'll say here is that Notre Dame is in a continues to be in a good spot. Okay, that's all I'll say out there. We'll see again have to close. We'll see how this finishes up, Sean. But I like where Notre Dame is right. And getting him back on campus tells me that obviously there's high interest from the Jeremiah Love side of things. And it'll be great to get a couple very talented playmakers back on campus for the Stanford game on the recruiting side.
2: Uh, Hopefully the St. Louis pipeline continues with the recruitment of Jeremiah Love um we talked about this i talked to christian gray they faced each other it was about two weeks ago and uh, a little bit over a week ago they faced each other when christian brothers took on this mat and uh they enjoyed you know the clip where he slowed down to allow christian gray to catch up to him on the long touchdown and christian was like yo we laughed all night like we (laughs) talked on the field and laughed all night about stuff and you know christian gray was adamant like Yo, my guy, my guy's coming. Don't worry about it. You know, and that is the confidence that we've reported with. And we've always felt as a staff that Jeremiah love eventually um, when he makes the decision, he's going to be able to put, pick up a Notre Dame hat and put it on his head. That's what we fully expect. So, and then, you know, I'll just say this. Thank you, Jimbo Fisher. (laughs) You, You made it a lot easier. You and your Ag-less, not your Aggies. Mm. You and your Ag-less team. Can
1: can we say this, Sean? Because look, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Peyton Bow when we get into the, uh, the high school breakdown a little bit. But the two biggest threats to Notre Dame for a- yes. commitments, you mentioned it. The Aggies did not have a very good showing against Mississippi State, and yeah. Oklahoma did oh. not have a very good defensive showing against TCU. Man, but we'll oh. talk more about that game. But yes. To when your Max, points. When Max Dugan and Adrian Martinez are lighting you up? Yeah. I, I guess you yeah, could look yeah. at the other way and be like, but, I mean, they really need Peyton Bowen. And like, sure. <laughs> I guess you're, you're, you got a point. <laughs> they really do need him, I guess. But regardless is I think oh, Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame won this past season, I mean this past week and didn't even play, which is pretty pretty funny. That's so. beautiful,
2: right? Yep.
1: Oh, it's very it's beautiful.
2: Steel May strides. A oh, man. Play.
1: It's it's always wonderful when you're sitting on the couch and you somehow won. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. 100%. I know we're getting a lot of questions in the chat. Say this. We'll have a mailbag at the end. Keep throwing those chats in, though, because me and Sean will be starring those things all day, and we'll get to a lot of questions at the end of this show. So, Sean, that's the kind of the updates that we have, right? Big update. Brandon Hillman and Jeremiah Love will both be on campus September 15, uh, Sorry, October 15th for the Stanford game. I know we'll be present. Uh, we'll have a presence. Obviously average breakdown as we always do at the home games. And you know, like again, have to continue to everything's trending well in the Jeremiah love side of things. You have to close it out. It's going to be closed out pretty in their future. In my opinion, Notre Dame is in a good spot, but they obviously have a little bit of work less left, left to do. And uh, we'll take it. We'll keep eyes on Brandon Hillman, man. Cause again, Notre Dame wants Brandon Hillman in this class.
2: I think, And fans need to be reminded of this. Ryan Roberts wrote a great article on why Jeremiah Love, this might have been over a month ago, why Jeremiah Love was a must-get in this 2023 class. Like, if you didn't get a chance to read it, go check it out at Irish Breakdown. You know, even though it's late in the game and Notre Dame, you know, we'll get into all of the explosive guys that they have coming in the 23 class. This guy is special. He's special. And will Notre Dame be able to close? We'll see. We'll go check that article out because he pretty much gives you reasons why Notre Dame has to get this guy in the class. Yes. It's very important. Very, He's-
1: very important. Sean, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I get petty once in a while, right? Like I'm not a super petty person all the time, but I'm going to be petty here for a second. I am. Cause I'm going to pull up this comment from CCC. Ryan, you show conf- confidence in Jeremy. love. Weren't you the one showing confidence in Dante? Of course. talking about Dante more. Yes. I was showing confidence in Dante more because he had silently committed to Notre Dame. So that was my confidence level. Yes, I did. I apologize that he ended up changing his mind, but yeah, I did. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I had to be salty there for a second, but, uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. feel pretty good about Jeremiah Love. We'll see how things finish out here. All right, so Sean, let's get into some of these high school performances from this past week, though, man. This is a lot of fun right now, right? So, again, I I posted an article that highlighted some of the outstanding performances from this past week for Notre Dame commits and targets. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I had one or two guys that are not in Notre Dame's class currently that also had dynamic performances i'm going to throw this in the chat if anybody wants to you know get get a look out and uh you know follow along that way because i know some of us I, I, me included i'm a visual guy like i need to read things you know like i can't just listen and listen and listen i need to see things as well so the links in the chat if you want to be able to to, to look there and uh yeah robert i get it man yeah i'm petty petty once in a while i'm only, I'm only petty when i have to be petty all right so um, yeah I, I had to be petty there for a second though i apologize i apologize so Sean, where do we start every week? What do people want to talk about?
2: Uh, I think we're gonna go up to uh Michigan,
1: a city named Celine, and a quarterback mm-hmm. of Celine High School. Yeah. That's exactly where we're gonna go because Celine won this past game 56 to nothing against Pioneer. Of course, that is the school of 2024 quarterback commits. CJ Carr. Yeah. Sean, we talked we talked about this extensively, right? After his first week less than stellar performance where he had four turnovers in the game, right?
0: Yeah.
1: This game was about as opposite as you can for that game. He was, and CJ Carr, I think may have played one drive into the third quarter or something like that. It was, it was not much. So he, in the game threw 14 passes, he was 13 of 14 passing for 251 yards and five touchdowns, Sean. So he had folks stay with me on this one, right? He threw five touchdowns. He had one in completion. I say again, he had one incompletion and he threw five touchdowns. I'll say for a third time, he had five touchdowns and threw one incompletion all day, Sean. Um, it's not bad, man. It's a decent day, you know, decent day for CJ Carr.
2: Oh, absolutely, to say the least. Look, when we watch this guy's game and film, we're like getting to the point where we have to nick pit, right? Like, okay, but this is the question. This is the question. And I I have to admit, I got this from my guy, Malik. I have to admit it. I didn't come up with this. When we're watching quarterbacks for Notre Dame, I don't care about stats. I don't care about wins in high school. I don't care how many state titles they win. My eye test has to tell me that they can beat Alabama and Georgia. Can I beat Alabama and Georgia with this kid? Ladies and gentlemen, we are reminded every week that the answer to that question is yes. Yes. Resounding yes. Mm -hmm. You can win a big game in the college football playoff with this young man. Now, you know, interesting stat. If you look at the top 20, Ryan, if I'm not mistaken, there was only one sophomore or freshman quarterback in the top 20. Hmm. So what that tells you is, you know, your quarterback usually is going to have to be, unless he's phenomenal, like a Bryce Young as a sophomore or a C.J. Stroud, more than likely you're going to have a junior or a senior at quarterback, you know, when you, to make your team good. And, you know, it's going to take time, even when C.J. Carr gets on campus. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to, it's going to take him a year. He might be fantastic. He might. Does he even start his freshman year? You know, do they have a transfer or do they get someone in the 23 class? Those things remain to be seen. But whenever he gets his opportunity, you feel comfortable with what you see on film from this young man week in and week out. And once again, he still has another year of high school. That's the amazing thing.
1: Yeah, now he's a really advanced kid for only being in his sixth game of his junior season, right? Like he's got a lot of football left to play. The the remaining question is, like you said, Sean, is he going to reclassify the 2023? Is he going to stay in 2024? Regardless, you feel good about CJ Carr moving forward, right? For Notre Dame. He obviously has to go out and prove it. Notre Dame has to develop him. Sure. All those things will remain to be seen, but from a talent level perspective and how he's kind of trending over this season, you feel good about the future of CJ Carr. So, that was great to see the performance he had again. Five touchdown passes, one incompletion. Pretty yeah. insane. Pretty insane stat line. John, you ever seen the uh the GIF where the one guy goes like this, like
2: yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm yeah. About? you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah,
1: that was my response this past week to some of these stat lines for these skill position players, man. That was <laughs> me. I was like, I think they what. He did what? Yeah, that was me, man. That was me live checking some of these box scores and watching some of these highlights and streaming some of these games this week, man. Like, it was just nutty. Like, it was one of these weeks where I wish I had like 20 TVs on so I can try to soak in more than I even was able to watch. Right. So, yeah, I guess a good place to start would be with Dylan Edwards. Like, do we want to start there? Sure. Let's start with Dylan Edwards, man. So Dylan Edwards, Derby High School out of the state of Kansas, 70-13 to 13 victory over Hayesville campus, Sean. Yeah. We do not have an absolute total yardage number on Dylan Edwards. All I'll say, folks, is that we do have a couple clips in here, and he had a 77-yard touchdown run. He had a 55-yard punt return for touchdown. My man, in one half of football, again, one half of football, through scored five touchdowns, four Amazing. rushing one punt return. Literally, Sean, I don't think this, it's, like it's not hyperbolic because he literally was on pace for it. He could score 10 touchdowns in this game. Like, that's what he was doing today, man. I mean, this past week. It was nutty just seeing Dylan Edwards. He is, and like, we always talk about this, the level of competition. It's the highest in the state of Kansas. Is it the best nationally? Absolutely not. But he absolutely dominates his level of competition. Like, he is the best player on the field every single week. He had a dominant game. Oh, guess what, Sean? Dylan Edwards also has a big matchup next week when he goes against Mays High School out in the state of Kansas. Quarterback for that team is Avery Johnson, who is Mm -hmm. a 2023 quarterback target for Notre Dame that they're trying to get back in good graces with. They're trying to get back into the race for Kansas State commit, of course. So Dylan Edwards, man, after having a quiet week last week, he was absolutely on top of his game this past week.
2: Yeah, great opportunity for Dylan Edwards. As he runs down the sideline by Avery Johnson to say, Are you sure? Are you are you sure? You know, you can we can do this together. So, look, man, Dylan Edwards has to have, it's either him or Peyton Bowen that has the
1: most highlights up. <laughs>
2: on a weekend,
1: week-out basis. Oh, man, I would throw Jaden Greathouse in that conversation, man. You're right. He, yeah, You're right. we'll talk about him, though, in You're a right. second. You're <laughs> right. He's
2: in the running as well. But it <laughs> seems like I just wait for it. It's almost like who's going to be first.
1: Yes. Right? Because
2: they're both kids, like, in, you know, the heartland, same, you know, time zone. So it's just a matter of, okay, who's highlight hits first? <laughs> <laughs> like, one of the Texas guys, or is it going to be Dylan Edwards? And Dylan Edwards, all man. Just immediately 55, 75. And it's never like a two yard touchdown. It's just like, no, we're going to end this quickly. We're just going to get it out of the way. Big play. How do, how do you think that defense feels for Derby? <laughs> we just
1: sat down. We just sat down, right? Hey, I mean, they only have a 13 points in this game, Sean. So they, yeah. they did their job too, man. It's, they did. it's just, they did. They it is it is ridiculous to watch this kid play on his level, though, Sean. Like, again, yeah. man, I think the, I think he's going to be a really dynamic player at Notre Dame. Four, three speed, slot receiver, gadget stuff, mm-hmm. return man. Like, I think he'll do a lot of stuff for Notre Dame. But playing at the level that he plays, man, dominates it. I mean, because, like, in the NFL draft sphere that I work in, right? NFL draft stuff, people always say, like, oh, some small school sleepers and stuff, right? Small school kids have to dominate their level of competition, exactly. right? For them to exactly. make that jump, they have to dominate. Like if I go to – if I watch a D2 football player or an FCS football player and they're not clearly the best player on the field, you're not going to play on the NFL level. Like you're just yeah. not, man. That's right. that's just the point blank period to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So seeing this kid dominate the level of competition he plays at now tells me, hey, this kid can make an ascension, right? Like this yeah. kid can get there. So he was dominant. On running back target in the 2023 class, Jeremiah Love, who we spent a lot of time talking about in this one, Sean, he had a nice game as well. He had in their victory this past week, I'm trying to find it, I had it in here somewhere, he had 105 yards rushing on only eight carries. They played against Indianapolis Bishop Chartered. They won 55-24. Eight carries, 105 yards, and three touchdowns, Sean. Again, he did not play the entirety of this football game because he averaged 13.1 yards a carry when he was in. And by the way, Christian Brothers is also playing Vianney next week, who is 0-6, so they should have, they should have another nice victory next week. But we t- we spent a lot of time, whole lot of time, talking about Jeremiah Love at the beginning of this show, talking about just kind of the updates on his recruitment, visits, all that type of stuff. Sean, again, man. You highlighted it. I highlighted it. He's a yeah. player that Notre Dame needs. Like, they need him yeah. in this class. They need to. And he's yeah. he fits this team perfectly. He fits this program perfectly. Notre Dame has to finish this one out, man. But, again, in another week, Jeremiah Love shows us the talent that he has. He's just uh, unstoppable.
2: And it's amazing when you talk about a guy like him. Christian Brothers is mm-hmm. pretty much the hunted in St. Louis football and have been for the past three to four years. Which means not only are they getting every team's best, but in that area, they play the best. And they go through the best. So he's doing what he does against very good competition. Now, you know, like I said, the next two games won't be much of a, you know, competitively for that team. But, you know, you know he's battle tested. And, you know, he's come from an area where he goes up against really good competition. And there's no question about what he does, the stats that he puts up. You you know, the, what you mentioned is stat line. He probably could have done more. <laughs> it's like. Oh, well, he, could have ran, he could over.
1: have ran for 200 yards if he wanted to in yeah, this game. Yeah,
2: 100%. Uh, you know, the, the game was over pretty much after the first quarter, and then uh, they went on to finish the deal. Once again, he's a dude. He's a dude. And you need dudes in your locker room. Yo, the question is with the historical impact of Notre Dame struggling to get kids from Florida, is the St. Louis pipeline kind of helping? I mean, because first of all, it's talented kids coming from St. Louis. It's not like they're getting average kids, they're getting some dogs.
1: Yeah, getting studs.
2: yeah. Yeah, they're getting studs. But if you're not going to be able to get kids and you can supplement it by doing your diligence in Michigan and doing your due diligence in Ohio and doing your due diligence in Illinois and then having a pipeline from St. Louis, it's like, okay, like even if we can't make an impact in that state, if we do a pretty good job like we've been doing, we're going to be fine, especially if we're getting the top guys. So. So wonderful trend, but this is a type of kid, like you said, you have to get.
1: Yeah. And and Sean, I think it opens up, man. I think that we've underrated, not, not us per se, but like just, you know, collectively underrated the talent that comes out of St. Louis, man. Like there's been, especially recently, like there are some guys coming out. I mean, you talk about just this cycle. With the Jeremiah Love, I'll always count a Samuel Mpemba as a St. Louis guy because he is, even though he's playing at IMG Academy, right? Like, he's a St. Louis guy. Talk about next cycle with Ryan Wingo and Jeremiah McClellan, like two two guys on Notre Dame's wide receiver board. Very talented football players. I'll say this. Jeremiah Love is the type of personality that if Notre Dame closes and gets a commitment from him, that it'll make it a lot – it'll give him a lot better chance of getting a Ryan Wingo right? Getting a Jeremiah McClellan, obviously, who is his teammates already at Christian Brothers. He's kind of a, he's a, I don't want to say he's like a key to unlocking St. Louis, but like, he's a good step, man. Cause Jeremiah Love has a great personality. He's got his fanfare. He's got kind of that outlook to him. Right? So again, I'm not saying that if they get Jeremiah Love, they're definitely going to get a Ryan Wingo in 2024. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it strengthens your chances and it starts Building that pipeline in St. Louis. That's what I'm saying.
2: I think Christian Gray, you know, in talking with him has been very – I forgot
1: about Christian Gray. I'm I'm an idiot. Yeah, Yeah, keep going.
2: (laughs) No, it's like he's been very transparent of being very aware of Kyron Williams, of Gabriel Rubio. Now, these are guys that came before him that he watched growing up as a young kid going into high school, Tyson Ford, knowing how much of a dude Tyson Ford was in St. Louis football. Like, yo, seeing them come to Notre Dame and seeing them being successful Mm -hmm. as students before they really make an impact on the football field, that's the most important thing, being able to come on your visit, talk to these guys. What is it like? What is it going to be like? And they give you an honest answer. And they've already adjusted without the football really taking place. And they're Mm -hmm. really just starting to get... Into their own on the football field, it bodes well. Christian Gray getting him. The next step, hopefully, is Jeremiah Love. Now you have two guys, two studs coming from the same city. Yep. Now let's go stack that with two more. Let's go yes. get Jeremiah McClellan. Let's go get Ryan Wingo in the same year. Heck, Samuel and Pemba, even though it might be a long shot, he's still on the hook. He'll be in town for the Clemson game. Yep. You know, it might sway him seeing Jeremiah Love choose Notre Dame. Does it have an impact on him? All of these things are very important, and we'll see.
1: As we always say, let it play out, but it's looking good. Well, and, and Sean, the one other big aspect is – is that although Missouri just played a really tough game against Georgia, Missouri football is not in a great place right now, right? So there's no in-state power in Missouri. So if you're able to – I mean, you're not to outmaneuver the Oklahomas of the world and some other Midwest schools, right? But if you're able to get into St. Louis and consistently get guys out of there, because it's not like they're just once in a blue moon guys. Like literally in the next two cycles, we already mentioned Christian Gray, talked about Jeremiah Love. I talked about Ryan Wingo. I talked about Jeremiah McClellan. Like there is some dudes coming out of the St. Louis area. So being able to to take advantage of a program that is severely down right now in Missouri. I mean, I don't know if Eli Drinkowitz is going to last the year, if I'm being completely honest, even though he just had a nice show and like, he's not been great, but yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how Notre Dame continues to attack St. Louis. I think it's a priority for them. So, Sean, let's get some of these pass catchers, man. We talked about the St. Louis boys. So let's talk, let's go to Texas to talk about some of these guys, man. Let's talk That's about them. We'll, we'll throw Rico Flores into this conversation too, out of the state of California. Braylon James, Sean, his team lost to Round Rock thirty-two to sixteen this past week. I don't know if people have been kind of keeping up with what Stony Point's been doing though, but they are breaking in a new quarterback that actually got hurt two weeks ago. They had a bye week last week, although Braylon James's team. Did not win this football game, Sean. He had five receptions for 180 yards and a touchdown. I say again, not 108 yards, 180 yards and five catches and a touchdown. That's 36 yards per reception on the day for Braylon James. So he showed his big playability during that game. Talked about Jane Greathouse a little bit. So, Sean, I feel bad for Dull Valley, man. They So they lost to Westlake 73-7. to And let's just say that they didn't need to throw the ball in order to get to that 73-7 to because I think they only threw six passes on the entire day, Westlake. So Jaden Greenhouse only had one reception for 16 yards because they only threw six passes all game. But despite the fact that he was out out of there way before halftime and only had one reception, one target on the day, he still had a 50-plus yard touchdown, a 54-yard punt return for a touchdown. Sean, for a guy that is kind of described as a really strong wide receiver with big hands and physicality, the fact that he has three punt returns for touchdowns, I think kind of speaks to the fact that, like, hey, he might be a better athlete than some people give him credit for, man. Like, really, really talented football player. Three punt returns for touchdowns for the on the year so far for Jaden Greathouse. And then the last wide receiver I mentioned, Rico Flores. We don't have a – Complete stat line for him, Sean, but all I know is that he had a 55-yard touchdown and a 63-yarder in this game as well on five receptions. So scored three touchdowns on five catches and had a 55 and a 63-yarder. So he had well over 100 yards. Rico Flores was balling this past week. So, again, everyone's excited about C.J. Carr when he gets to the campus in 2024. You know what I'm excited about? The fact that there are some dogs in the 2023 class at wide receiver – that are going to be really nice weapons for the quarterback room currently and C.J. Carr, eventually. Another star-studded performances by a couple of these pass catchers, man.
2: Look, I love this group because of the way they responded together on social media after Notre Dame dropped to 0-2. I was sold. I didn't need to see another highlight. I didn't need to see another stat line. From that moment forward, I was like, okay, these are guys that want the moment. They want the challenge, right? So, we're going to continue every Monday to talk about how good they are, to talk about what makes them great. My thing is I can't wait to see them walk on the green. I just can't wait to see them walk on the green, run on the green with that uniform on and start making plays. That's it. It's to the point now where you expect, like, like oh, five for 180? huh? You become desensitized to it, right? You said five for 180, and I was like, oh, okay. And then when you said that's 36 yards. (laughs) (laughs) A catch. That's
1: That's a 6'3 wide receiver. like (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's crazy. That's crazy. It's And, and Sean, I didn't even mention Jack Larson, the 2024 tight end out of Charlotte Catholic. So this past week – his team got off to another big win. By the way, they are five and one, I believe, on the season or six and one. They, they I think they may be. No, they're five and one. They're gonna be playing Garinger next weekend, who's 0-7. So they'll probably be okay in that game. They beat Rocky River 49-7. Two catches for Jack Larson, Sean. Only two catches, 87 yards and a touchdown. So I'll I'll see your 36 that I just said. And I'll raise you 83 and a I mean uh 43 and a half yards per catch for Jack Larson, which was uh yeah, I feel like we need to start talking about him a little bit more, man, because he's been yeah. really consistent kind of chain mover for most of the year so far. But then he averages 43 and a half yards per catch on his two receptions this week. And you're like, all right, cool, man. He's pretty good too. It's pretty good too. So Notre Dame pass catchers had a pretty good, pretty good week, Sean. Pretty good week. Yeah. Also. And I love this. This is one of my favorite excerpts I put into this piece because I told you last week, Sean. Like it's tough sometimes to give offensive linemen the the to give them a the 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 um, adequate attention that they deserve, right? Because I mean, yeah. Joe Wadding. Out of of Kansas Hayden High School very talented football player he handles his business on the offensive line and the defensive line by the way Hayden's undefeated so far this year I think up now to five and0 on the season yes they are they're up to five and0 taking on Royal Valley next week so Sean in this vi- in this victory they beat Perry Lecompton 44 to twenty eight. I had to put this in here though because it wasn't about a stat line for the offense. It wasn't about yards per carry for the running backs. It wasn't about passing yardage. My man Joe Odding caught a hook and lateral for a two point oh. conversion in this victory, baby. So we got to see the big man score some points on the field, Beautiful. and he looked natural doing it. Man, Beautiful. he looked smooth. Looks smooth. Beautiful. I just loved it. They. Hey, man, I remember when I was a senior, I was like, you know, because I played offensive line and linebacker. So I was like, hey, man, can I get like one carry from like the two-yard line? Like, just let me get a touchdown plunge. They threw my man a hook and lateral. That's how athletic he is, man. So shout out to Joe Otting. Quick shout out to him.
2: Y'all just bodes well. You always said that you've always been a huge supporter of Joe Otting and what you think he's going to be. You know, how valuable in the multiple spots he can play along the offensive line. So, that just goes to show you know, his versatility, his athleticism. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm telling you, this class looked good on paper. Mm-hmm. When you watch them go play, you're like, okay, this class might be better than what I thought they were on paper. And yeah, that's saying something.
1: Yeah. No, it's – uh, man. It's fun. It's fun because, I, I mean, I'll be very honest about it, right? I think Joe Otting is a very underrated player because, again, he he plays in the state of Kansas. He's an undersized offensive lineman right now, listed at 6'4", 265, 270 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark.
2: Yeah,
1: When he gets to the campus and he's able to work – with Matt Bayless, and he's we're able to work with Harry Heastan. I would not be surprised if this kid was an absolute stud of a center eventually. Like I just wouldn't be surprised.
2: So you, you have to trust that development because it was the same question we had about Joe Alt. Yeah. I remember when they when they got Joe all, we were like, okay, this kid has spent the most majority of his career in high school playing tight end, but they want him as a tackle. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna have to pick up some weight, gain some weight. He comes in. Matt Bayless jumps right on him. Next thing you know, midway through the season, oh, here's your new starting left tackle as a true freshman. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. All right. yeah, the way we go. So, you know, when you hear about Joe Otting and you look at his frame, you're like, okay, when you hear about Emil Wagner, you look at his frame, you feel comfortable knowing mm-hmm. that that athleticism is going to be able to be a great foundation for them to be able to go ahead and put a muscle pounds and then ultimately become what this program and this coaching staff thinks they can be on the offensive line.
1: Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I'm excited because, look, I I, there's some questions right now about the Notre Dame offensive line from the perspective of will they take another offensive tackle type to replace Elijah Page? It's a good question. I don't know the answer to it right now. Like, I've thrown out a couple names that, like, I would take a look at if I was Notre Dame, right? I think there's some intriguing options still out there. But regardless, it's a very talented four-man class that Notre Dame has. It's very talented. I mean, Charles Jagasaw, Sullivan Absher, Sam Pendleton, Joe Otting. That is a very good baseline. If they want to add one more in there, go for it. Yeah. But all I'm saying, though, Sean, is – and I keep kind of harping on this – while I would agree that Joe Odding is the one least ready to play year one, I would not be surprised if eventually Joe Otting is one of the better offensive linemen to come out of this class, 2023 class for Notre Dame. Because, again, you know I think a lot of Charles Jagasaw, right? Yeah. Like You know I think he's going to be a stud. Sullivan Absher I think has a lot of talent to dig into and a big frame. Yeah. Joe Otting, is the least sure thing because even as Sam Pendleton is physically advanced, like he's 6'4", right. 305 pounds, like he's physically ready to go and compete at the college level. Right. Joe Otting isn't, but what Joe Otting is is a really good athlete Yeah, and he plays really hard. So yeah. when those two things combine and the body develops, I think there's a lot of upside to a Joe Otting. So, again, yeah. we don't take a lot of time aside from like film breakdowns to really appreciate offensive line play all the time as a yeah. culture, like I actual, like everyone, not just me, not just you, not just like Irish breakdown, everyone. And all I'm saying is I think Joe Wadding could be a really good football player at the next level. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. The- it's
2: like offensive line play. You really don't pay attention until you don't see
1: anything coming from the other side. Yes. Right. It's like, Oh, You're- your, your eyes are taught to watch the football. Like yeah. as as as, a, as an average fan, yeah. our eyes is taught to just watch where the football goes. But when yeah. you take the time to watch the offensive line play, the defensive line play, and you kind of see where the real action is, if we're being yeah. completely honest, it yeah. kind of changes your perspective on the game a ton, right? Yeah. It does. And to your point, Sean, offensive linemen are judged more by not being noticed, right? right. Like, oh, wow, that defensive lineman didn't have any tackles, any. Hurries any quarterback sacks in that game. And then you're like, Oh, I guess that means that Joe Otting must've played a good football game. I guess that means yeah. that Joe Alt must be a really, uh, must've had a good game. I continue to kind of put out there. And I don't know if you agree with this, Sean, I think Joe Otting is still a little bit underrated, right? Cause I mean, not Joe yeah. Otting, I'm sorry. Joe alt is a little okay. bit underrated. Cause if you go on PFF, which again, I hate their grading system, but like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. He is the top rated offensive tackle in college football right now through four games. Yeah. He's played, Great football. Joe yeah. Alt has been awesome. But Joe Alt doesn't have the, the highlight film that a Blake Fisher will have, for instance, because Blake Fisher, those plays well, he'll just drive someone like 10 yards downfield and pancake him, right? right? That's not really Joe Alt's game. No. Joe Alt is a technician. He's a positional blocker. And he just negates everything, right? And yeah. You don't pay enough attention to a Joe Alt. Because he just kind of does his thing, man. Like, he's consistent. He does yeah. his job. And you don't yeah. really get the credit he deserves yeah. until later in the season. You're like, oh, wow. Joel only gave up one sack all year. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. That, that's what he does. Oh, he that's does. what he does. That's his game.
2: You come to take him for granted, right? Like, okay, Joe's there. You know, I don't. Think, I think the first highlight that I really was like, wow, was against North Carolina when they asked him to jump out and pull on a play. He can move, man. And I was he like,
1: yo. Yep. Yep. That big man can move, there yeah. Go, okay, and, and Sean, I mean, honestly, even at the end of the season, it like let's say Blake Fisher takes a nice step, and and l- we'll say it like this, right? Let's say the level of impact is the same for yeah. Joe Alt and Blake Fisher the rest of the way, right? Say that they're pretty much on even level. Everyone will talk about Blake Fisher because he is the more exciting player. He's the more dominant potential player, and they won't give the the, the credit to Joe Alt because he is the steady guy. He's not yeah. sexy. Like he just yeah. gets stuff done. But then you see him in the second level moving, and you're like, oh, he can actually move really well too. It's just Blake Fisher's a freak on the other side of him, so he's going to get more credit. But yeah, I just want to kind of highlight that. That like, I think Joe Otting could be a not a similar player to a Joe Walt because Joe Alt's a potential All American. Yeah. Joe Walt maybe could be a first-round draft pick one day. Like, he's that good, in my opinion. I'm not saying Joe Otten's ever going to be close to that. What I'm saying is that I think that Joe Otten could be a good to very good football player on the next level, and he's one of those guys you just forget about, man. Like, it's just like you take him for granted, to your point, yeah. right? Because he doesn't yeah. do anything exciting. He just gets the job done, and that is really, really exciting to kind of keep evaluating here. Last couple of players we'll talk about, Sean. Defensive players on this week. I really want to talk about one game heavy, heavy here. But let's start with Peyton Bowen, who his Guyer team beat Boyd 56-7. to Peyton took a punt back 59 yards to the house in this one, Sean, which was really impressive play. He's taken multiple punts back for six. And uh, I'll just put it like this, man. Peyton Bowen, whether it is defensively, special teams-wise, or sometimes offensively, He can pretty much do whatever he wants on a football field, man. He's that type of athlete, right? Like he is a special, special football player. And this is why Notre Dame fans are so worried about a potential decommitment if it ever happens, right? Because they know what we have with Peyton Bowen is a potentially special football player. And we saw it again, man. And I'll say this, Sean. I think we talked about this maybe last week or the week before. I can't remember. Guyer, I think has revenge on their mind, man. I really do. Because, again, they were a really good team last year. They lost to Westlake 40-21 to in the state championship game. They are blowing dudes out this year so far, man. I think that they are on a course and a journey to prove that they can take down a Westlake. They can take down the best teams in Texas because we know they're a really good team. Again, they didn't. You can't make it to the state championship game on that level if you're not a really good program. You're not a really good team. They were a really good team last year. But I think that they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and they want to get back to the dance, and they want to win it this time.
2: Look, we see this all the time, right, with matchups, rivalries. They went up against a pretty darn good quarterback last year. Westlake had a pretty good guy at the signal uh, leading the charge, you know, for them last year. And that's been the uh, transition, right, for Great House and those guys this year, like trying to figure out, you know, who's going to be the signal caller. And, you know, he started off slow because of that, and now he's starting to pick things up. But like you said, it's going to be a massive, massive game when you have those two teams on the field, and they're probably going to play each other again, you know, uh, in the playoffs. So I don't know, man your matchups are everything. It's just certain teams that have your number. Like, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback or who leaves. Like, this is just the type of game. They find a way to be in the game. And, look, I'm going to be interested in seeing do we get the same type of highlights when these two teams match up, or is it going to be a closely contested defensive battle or you know, guys are playing close to the vest. Coaches are playing it close to the vest. It's going to be interesting to see how things go, but there's definitely going to be a, a field full of playmakers.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting, man. I'm I'm interested to see again that matchup if it happens because yeah. look, all I'll say is this: is Westlake is a great football team, right? They're undefeated. They're sitting there. You have Jaden Greathouse, who is a phenomenal, phenomenal football player. But you did lose Kate Klubnick, right? You did lose your starting quarterback. And the passing game has not been quite as high volume this year because you don't have a quarterback, right? You have young guys that have taken over the mantle and are still establishing themselves, right? So it's going to be interesting because I, I just don't think, I mean, last year, Jaden Greathouse had like seven catches for 230-something yards and, Three touchdowns in the state championship game. I don't think you can count on him doing that again just because of the quarterback situation. It's not so much him. He's still a great football player. I'll be interested to see, though, if Westlake gets a rematch with Geyer. I'm interested to see what that looks like because Westlake sitting there undefeated, Geyer sitting there undefeated. Geyer fell to them last year in the state championship game. That's one that I'll be keeping a very, very close eye on to see how that matchup. Because again, a lot of Westlake's team, I mean, sorry, excuse me, a lot of Denton Geyer's team is back this year. Like we talk about, we talk about Peyton Bowen. We've talked about Eli Bowen a lot on this show, 2024 cornerback, who's Peyton's brother, who's a very talented player. Ryan Yates in the back end on that secondary is a very talented football player. Of course, they have Jackson Arnold at quarterback, who's a very talented football player committed to the University of Oklahoma. That team is loaded. It is. Westlake, though, they're, they, they've they won 48 straight games for a reason, right? I mean, they are so, 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 so talented. You have Jaden Gradehouse. You have Colton Vasek at defensive end, committed to the University of Oklahoma. A lot of talented football players, potentially in that rematch that I want to see, man. I want to see that game, right? So last game that we wanted to talk about, though, and this is one that, I mean, for me, guys, like this one is one for Notre Dame's circumstances, is one of the more intriguing games from this past weekend. So, you we had Christian Gray, who we've talked about a ton. 2023 cornerback out of Dismet Jesuit, Dismet Jesuit, excuse me. They went off against Saint Louis University. They won 37 to 20. Why does this matchup ha- matter outside of Christian Gray? It's because on the other side of Christian Gray, Ryan Wingo was playing for Saint Louis U. And man, I'll I'll say this, and I've said this a couple times already. Christian Gray has had just a ridiculous, ridiculous slate of games to start the year. I mean, first week they have they play against really good football team. Second week they play against IMG Academy. Now they play against they play against Christian Brothers two weeks ago. This past week, now you play St. Louis University, who is not quite on par to to like those top teams in the St. Louis area, but still. I mean, St. Louis U has Ryan Wingo in the class, right? So, like, really, really talented get a really talented team and a talented player, obviously, Sean. I mean, Christian Gray gets to go one on one with with Ryan Wingo this past week, and Christian Gray comes out on top. I'll say I, I got some insight seven total, seven total tackles for Christian Gray on the day, two interceptions. He also took one back to the house, fifty five yards. I don't know if you saw that jump uh, that rowdy jumped. It seemed like miscommunication. Ryan Wingo never even turned around for it, so I don't know if yeah. there was just some miscommunication between the quarterback and Wingo, but either way, took it back to the house. Most impressive part, though, Sean, outside of the two – I mean, no, I wouldn't even say outside of. Even more impressive than the two interceptions that he had and the touchdown was that he was matched up against Ryan Wingo a lot, and he gave up one uh, – he gave up, what was it, one catch for 13 yards, two catches for 13 yards. He gave up two catches – for 13 yards to the number one potential wide receiver in the 2024 class. So Christian Gray came to play some football, man. Ryan Wingo only also had one rush on the day and only had a yard. So in three touches that he had against the Smet Jesuit, he had 14 yards and Christian Gray was a big reason for that type of matchup. I will give Ryan Wingo some credit though. He plays defense for St. Louis U and he also intercepted a pass, and he took back for six early on in that game too. So, but Sean, I was just overly impressed by Christian Gray this past week. Man makes the two interceptions, takes one back to the house, but more importantly, he shuts down arguably the best receiver in the twenty twenty four class, which was pretty special.
2: Yeah, he took it personally when he faced his uh, one of his good friends, Carnell Tate. You know, he took it personally when you know they went up against Jeremiah Love, even though that was not a mano a mano situation. And, you know, he was excited to go up against Ryan Wingo and he showed and I love the way and I'm sure they're not saying, you know, no one from the Notre Dame staff is saying, hey, coaching staff up at Desmet, can you guys play him like this so he can get ready for Notre Dame? But he's been playing a lot of boundary corner and he's bigger, he's physical, and that's probably where he's going to play at Notre Dame. So to see him be able to jump that route, whether it was miscommunication or not, but then take it back to the house. Look, he continues to prove as people question uh, his speed, you know, based upon what they saw on film from his junior year. You can see the difference. He's continued to prove that he is athletic, that 4-4 is real, and he's going to be a problem at his size running at that speed. Right, when you're like the size of Christian Gray, the size of Caleb Beasley, and you're running a four four and you're playing in the boundary and being physical with receivers yeah that's 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 a nice recipe for three years into the nFL
1: and Sean, what's really exciting about this is we're not going to talk about Mike Bell much this week. But you have Micah Bell and Christian Gray on top of just getting Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey this past class, man. Like, cornerback recruiting is stacking up over the last few years. I know there was a lot of naysayers before the season about Mike Mickens. That has been retracted pretty quickly because Benjamin Morrison now is starting for Notre Dame, and he's playing fantastic. And, I mean, I was talking to Brian. I think we were on the – Saturday show when Brian yeah. said, like, I wouldn't be shocked if Benjamin Morrison's a, a freshman All-American when all is said and done, right? Like, they are stacking, stacking cornerback classes right now. So yeah. it's exciting, man. It's exciting. And cr- don't underrate Christian Gray because it's 6'1", with the 4-4 verified speed and the playmaking ability he has, he has a chance to play pretty early out on Notre Dame, in my opinion. And he's a long
2: strider. that That's the thing. He's a long strider. So his speed is – is going to look like he's really not running as fast as he is, but he's picking them up, putting them down, and taking up space. Man, he really is, and his his value added value in the special teams and kick return game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I and mean, we talked about it. Sure, was it last week? Like Christian yeah. Gray might be like the fifth best kick returner in this in his class. class which is- which is it's stupid, insane. man. It's it doesn't insane. even make sense. It's like yeah. he could literally kick. He could literally return kicks at a pretty high level on the college mm-hmm. level. But then you still so have guys like Peyton Bowen and yeah. Mike Bell and yeah. Jeremiah Love potentially. Like there's yeah. guys that are just like, man. Getting some of these guys back there is just going to be incredible. Braylon James is a really good kick returner too. Like there's just so many guys. So that's kind of the. Quick synopsis, well not quick synopsis, we're an hour into the show, but that's the synopsis of state of recruiting for Notre Dame. That's also kind of the outlook of what the high schoolers did on their level this week. Some of the better performances that we saw on the high school level. Sean, we want to get into a little bit of college football talk, man. So before we get into that college football talk, if you could like, share, subscribe to this podcast, hit the notification bell. We really appreciate it. And five-star reviews are always very much appreciate if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform. So, make sure to hit that like button, folks. Again, as we as we mentioned early on, it's free to like this video. So, we appreciate you so much.